104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Now, I know many of you are probably sitting out there going, thank God, this is their last regular Sunday show. (laughs) But here we are, Sunday noon on a humid day, which I know doesn't bother Mr. Reynolds at all. Not in the least. No, you like the humidity, don't you? I do. This is this is my time of the year. But you might ought to add from your adjunct uh, story there about uh, the fact that we're on for the last time. Because that's Yeah, not forever. The case. We're gone. No. We're not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, we'll be back uh, next Saturday night as the pre-pregame show mm-hmm. as the Kansas City Chiefs start their march towards the big game. We'll be on at 5 o'clock Saturday. The pregame show starts at 6. 7.30 is kickoff. It's all right here on 104.7 The Cave. And we'll go into full Chiefs mode at that time. But we're <laughs> we're wrapping up right now what we do in the offseason, which is just talk about all sorts of different types of sports. Neb Reynolds with us as always. John Oliver, not Josh Roberts. Sitting in. <laughs> Josh Roberts again uh, taking care of his mom. So yes. filling in. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, fantastic. Huh? Let's let's start with the Olympics. Sure. Okay. Let's start there. How you feel about it? We're we're done, right? Today's the last day. Today it's, the last is, day. it's actually it's over. Oh, it's yeah, over. It's okay. over. They have had the closing ceremonies, which will be shown tonight, but it's all, of course, it's recorded mm-hmm. uh, because of the fourteen hour difference. Well, yeah, spoiler were... alert: you need to say that before you say well, read something. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, uh, yeah, I enjoyed what I saw, but. I had a guy say to me just the other day, he said, hey, Reynolds, do you do you still have the, the great feeling that you had about the Olympics? That it's an event that you had to watch. Mm-hmm. And I said, I must admit to you, no, I don't. I don't feel that compelling direction to be able to see all these events. Now, there were some of them that I wanted to see and made mm-hmm. a point to see, although I would not pay the extra money to see right. the men's basketball. And I want to get into that in a minute. But... Uh, other than that, it may be a product of age. You get 80 years old and you lose your direction when you're that old. What do you think? I think, honestly, it, I think I mentioned this last week. For me, I have trouble holding interest when it's in a completely different time zone, when it's overnight for us. Because, and this is the problem, and it's not a knock on sports reporting by any means because you have to do this and there's no way to keep it spoiler free. You know, by the time I get up in the morning and I start looking at ESPN, I see all the results. So I'm like, well... I already know what happens. Why am I going to watch? So I think it's a product of just being, you know, completely opposite of our schedules. I really tune in and it means a lot more to me when it is in, you know, the Western Hemisphere, whenever, you know, it's in kind of our semi-time zone. And the next two of them will be. That's right. In Paris and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I did want to get into the basketball one because uh, this is, a, a, I think, an edict from NBC, I think. But I'm out of the loop, so I don't know that for sure. But with men's basketball this year, they charge an extra fee. That's right. They put the games on Peacock, which is an NBC uh, affiliate network. And, and owned network, mm-hmm. but they made you pay an extra, I don't know how much it was, 5 6 $7, whatever, mm-hmm. to see the men's games in the Olympics. So this old man said, uh, you know, here's a KY1. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not about to do that. I'll find out what the results are. But comes the gold medal game, and all of a sudden it is on free market over-the-air yes. television on KY3 live. Now, I'm the conspiratorial 
jerk. And uh, I thought, now, wait a minute. They take they take all of the events and you make you pay for them. The games against Iran and mm -hmm. the Czech Republic games that nobody could give a flip about. Right. But they put the big one on free market over the year. I wonder... And I'm, and I still maintain this theory. No way to prove it, but I wonder if they didn't take it in the shorts with people paying money to see it, and, and maybe took a bath on that. Said, ah, we better come up with a gold medal live. Yeah, and Ned, you bring up a good point. This isn't necessarily sports related. You know, things like Peacock and Disney Plus and these services that are add-ons. You know, for people that have cut the cord, the the disturbing trend I see with those are, you know, just with Peacock. I think it's, you know, I want to say nine ninety nine or five ninety nine. <laughs> increasingly I see that, oh, well, yes, you've got access to everything, except this. If you want the early access to this, it's another 10 bucks or it's another $20. It's bait and switch, I think, because mm -hmm. I've, I've got Peacock, and uh, I sat down to watch a documentary one night, and I watched the first episode, and then they said, if you want to watch the rest of this, then <laughs> yep. you need to pay $5.99 oh, a month. Completely to watch. bait I was like, and switch. And I, and I have every, just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you say when you saw that? I said, uh, well, I can't say on the air what I said. <laughs> so I, was, I was really, I was unhappy because it was an interesting documentary. And right. then I, I was, I wanted to watch the rest of it. But, you know, I have Netflix, I have Hulu, mm -hmm. I have uh, Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a bunch of other stuff too. A, too. Lot, a lot of other free stuff too. And, and then I'm not a cord cutter. So... I, I paramount and I, and I just think to myself, where do I draw the line at? Right. And it'd be nice if somebody packaged all these together, but that's mm -hmm. never, that's not going to happen in the immediate future the because future, they're all, no. they all have their own horse in the race. So, mm -hmm. so it, it, it's disappointing to me that you couldn't watch our national team play for free. Correct. And, and in a sense it wasn't for free because it was on the Peacock, and you're paying extra to get that, I yes. do. Mm -hmm. But then to pay extra on the extra that you're already right. paying? Hey, come on, gang. You do draw a limit. And this being a free enterprise society, you can't deny somebody for doing that. You're exercising your right as a, mm -hmm. as a merchandiser to get the, get the more money that you can from it. But when the demand ceases, sayonara, you're out of there. I look at this like... The old con job, as I always like to call it. So, you know, hamburgers for a dollar, hamburgers for a dollar. Oh, I ate five of these. Now I need a napkin. Napkins, $10. <laughs> you know? Or, or, or the one, uh, it was a cartoon that I saw many years ago. It was a gas station. It's out in the desert somewhere. Last chance to get, what's it, last chance to get $10 gas or something like mm -hmm. that. Guy says, oh, thank God. What is it up the street? Oh, it's $5 up the street. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a little ploy. That it is. <laughs> what, what, what were you most interested in besides the men's basketball that you watched? I think probably at the athletic. That's what they call the track and field, the mm -hmm. athletics. I did want to see how the U.S. sprinters, who are really magnificent athletes, I wanted yes. to see how they made out. And then I did want to see USA Baseball. Mm -hmm. I did have an interest in that because it's not in every Olympics and it will not be in the next Olympiad in Paris. Mm -hmm. It will be in Los Angeles when they go there in uh, 2028. But the next one, which is only three years away, uh, we will not have baseball. I want to see how the team, and quite obviously this is not the best team that no, we no, can no. put there. Major League Baseball a couple of years ago came up with a rule 
that said, okay, we're going to allow players on the 40-man roster to play in the Olympics. Gives them good experience and gives them uh, maybe a couple weeks of some pretty good competition against international teams. We will allow that. Then along came our little friend, and I use that term advisedly, (laughs) COVID-19, and Major League Baseball said, we're rescinding that. Mm -hmm. If you're not on the roster, you ain't playing. So as a result, we had, you know, Brandon Dixon, who played down here Mm -hmm. with the Springfield Cardinals, and we had Todd Frazier, who the Pirates released back in May. And and that's not knocking them. They're good players. No. Oh, sure. I especially love the story of Eddie Alvarez of the, um, the Miami Marlins. Uh, here's a guy who is a two Olympic medal winner, mm-hmm. the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics, and to have him in there. And, and these are good ball players, but mm-hmm. they are not great players. No. And as a result, I think it gives a, a bad, no, I don't want to say bad, that, that's not right, but it gives a lesser impression of how good the Major League Baseball is in this country with just American domestic players. Mm-hmm. It is. Now, the argument to that is. Well, Japan didn't have Soyotani playing. No, right. they couldn't because he's on an MLB roster, and the owners won't allow that. There has to be some kind of a, some kind of an agreement that comes along that does allow our best players to compete. But then again, how are you going to do it You're in risking, season? Yeah, in season. Yes. yes, shutting down the season for two weeks. They do that in hockey. But yes, they've it, done it's, that with hockey. It's just I don't mm-hmm. see it working in Major League Baseball though. Too many games. Yeah, and too much money on the on the table with these guys getting possibly hurt mm-hmm. while they're playing in another well, the same country. Thing with hockey, but of course it isn't anywhere near the number of games. Half. Right. Half the number. Well, and also too the the money's not the same. Right. It's not the same amount of money that you talk about with Major League players. I mean, you can't imagine having sending a guy like Bryce Harper over there who's making three hundred million dollars and Although then something he happens wants to play. I know. Oh well. I <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine all those guys want to play. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports show. Again, next week will be, well, actually this week, will be on Saturday at 5 o'clock, the pre-pregame show before the Chiefs preseason opener against the San Francisco 49ers. We are talking about the Olympics and our interest level in the Olympics. Do you think that some of the interest level also stems from the fact that these are no longer amateur athletes mm-hmm. that most of the a lot of the athletes that we see now, there are some that are amateur, but there's a lot of athletes that we see who are professional. They're making a lot of money off of selling their likenesses and their image and their endorsements. Do you think we, we've lost a little bit of uh, a little bit of that with, with Not that with changing? Me. Not with me. I take the opposite viewpoint because my philosophy in life has always been if you're good, you put your best foot forward regardless of what the circumstances are. I don't care what profession, mm-hmm. you don't pull back, you don't take it easy, you don't say, yeah, I'm so much better than that guy or that gal or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, that I'll not give my best or, or send my best. Nope, I've always been of the opinion if you have something to cheer about and wave the flag or whatever the case might be, then you do it. No, I like seeing the professional athletes in there. They are the pros. They're the top of their game. It may not be the best of the pros, as in the case with the basketball team, although they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter remains, no, I like to see the best competition regardless. What about you, John? I... I like seeing the pro players, and I think that comes from a spot of national pride. So I was ecstatic when the Dream Team was put together, you know, back in, I believe it was 88, you know. to 92. 92, there you go. Thanks, Ned, yeah. So, you know, I like that aspect of it. I think what you're going to continue to see is 
if anybody thinks, again, not to shake everyone's faith in humanity, but if you think that owners of these pro teams aren't going to LeBron James and, you know, the Chris Pauls and saying, hey, look, we really, really would prefer if you just didn't do the Olympics. You know, you probably need some rest, right? <laughs> I mean, it's an investment and they are, and I'm not knocking the owners for this necessarily because they're protecting their investment. So, you know, whereas in 92, it was such a huge boon of national pride. At this point, I think most of the higher caliber athletes, and this will happen in baseball too, if they do allow pros to play, you know, the Phillies owners are going to say, Hey Bryce, you kind of been off and on hurt the last few years anyway. Do you really think this is the best idea? Keep in in mind now that these athletes are reimbursed Mm -hmm. for what they're doing. It's nowhere near what they would make. No. But but in the case of basketball, they've already got their contracts anyway. But they're not over there for free, folks. They are being paid. But your point is very well taken. It's nowhere near what the owners pay. What's interesting about that, John, is that then this is his last year, Jerry Colangelo. Oh, yes. Finished. He's the owner of the Phoenix Suns, right. for heaven's sake. And, <laughs> and here he is. He knows, and yet he had uh, Devin Booker in there playing and some mm-hmm. of the others. The The fact of the matter remains that that is a considerable factor mm-hmm. with anything that you do. I take the opposite stance from you guys. I would mm-hmm. prefer to see our best young college athletes participating in the participating in basketball. I would love to see our best young college athletes participating in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think back to um, the miracle on ice. Oh yeah. You know, and I think about that. Those guys, nobody knew their names before they took the ice mm-hmm. and, and until they beat the Russian team. Nobody knew their names. Nobody knew Mike Ruzioni. Nobody knew those guys. <laughs> and so the, the loss of the amateur athlete to me, I think, is, is something different. You know, and we're going to lose it, period. The amateur athlete's going to go away. Right. The only time you're going to probably see an amateur athlete is if you attend a high school event. And mm-hmm. if you're going to see some of those club teams or some of those specialty schools that prepare the Dr. Pepper School or whatever it's right. called in Florida <laughs> that prepare people for, yeah, for professional athletes. So, so it, it, it loses a lot for me. That's just my opinion on it. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. Well, you answered your own charge right there because there is no such thing anymore. It is, mm-hmm. It's a sham. Everybody in well, the high school athletes aren't. The, the NBA team that was there, if they were still, if they didn't have the one and done, those guys are still in college. Yeah. Other than Kevin Durant and, and some right. of those people. And uh, heck, you saw really what our, our best young athletes are because they have gone pro. Mm-hmm. And they have come from, not in this case, they're all NBA players, but they don't have to be. They could be from uh, some of the uh, developmental leagues that are around. They could have played in the thing. Mm-hmm. But you choose the individuals who have made the striving effort to be up there at the top. And these guys, well, Tatum, Jason Tatum mm-hmm. is one. Uh, Devin Booker is one. Yes. Booker was a one-and-done at Kentucky. He's he's out there playing. Mm-hmm. Now, Durant is not. He's, right. But but some of the others, I don't know about Damian Lillard. I don't uh, He'd be... He's he'd older, be of, so yeah, he yeah, needs he a lot of college, college at this point. But some of those others, they do represent what you were talking about, but they are getting paid. Oh, yes. yeah, they're getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> well, I... I, too, I look at it in the sense of uh, I I like the Dream Team. I mean, it was great to see those guys play together. Mm-hmm. But when it was formed, it was just you got this sense of, 
gosh, basketball is our game, and we're losing all the time, and we're just frankly sick of it. That, so can we can we bend the rules a little that's bit exactly here? Exactly. Because what it is. I mean, in places like the Soviet Union, when it mm-hmm. existed, those guys were getting paid to play for that national team. Mm-hmm. But that's all that they did was really play for that national team. No, 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 they have they have several leagues in uh, what was then the Soviet Union. So they had their own professional organization. It wasn't the NBA, yeah, certainly, but right. yeah, they had their own. Well, come on, it's not not the <laughs> level of the NBA. Oh, so heavens, no, no. So I mean, <laughs> it was just a little bit like, hey, you know, can we do this because we're tired of losing in our own sport and. Yeah, you know, but I will say this about baseball: even if you put our best national team out there, I don't know they would have beat Japan. Japan has a really good baseball mm-hmm. team. Baseball, yeah. yeah. Japan's oh. Japan's really good. They they win a lot of the world competitions. They they typically there's a uh, series that usually happens after the season's over where not our very best baseball players go, but some of our best baseball players go and they play Japanese teams and the Japanese typically win those. Mm -hmm. And when they do the World Cup, which I don't know if they're going to continue to do that World Cup. It's on the schedule. It's on the schedule, Mm -hmm. which I, last year, I liked. The last time they did it, and it may be because the American team won, Mm -hmm. but the Japanese team and the Cuban team are typically two of the best yes. teams. And Dominican Republic. And Dominican yes. Republic. They, yeah. And I, I believe it's it's next, not this coming spring training, but I think it's the next one because it's been pushed back. But I do think it is on their schedule. That's not to say that they will continue it because it does interrupt spring training a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's it's very good, very good international competition and it's the best because it is the major leaders yeah. playing mm-hmm. against each other and uh there was a, there was a lot of excitement in the last one because mm-hmm. it, you, you could tell there's a lot of national pride on it let, let me ask you this question really quick i don't know if either one of you have heard how much money did japan lose with this particular I olympics i don't think it's been determined yet because of no attendance well mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. certainly plays a major factor in in their they're being remunerated uh, in, in regards to the public, but they did get the television money. Yes. And the television money is massive. Stupid. Does it, does it offset what they might have had? Yeah, it probably does um, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, they, yeah, they have to come out a little bit in the red because of COVID. The no fans, and that's a little misleading because there were some fans who they allowed in, individuals who had clearance and all that, but it certainly wasn't the sellout crowds that would have no. been cheering. And the Olympics, as does any sport, misses so much of that intrinsic level of rooting for a team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to regret what I said a year ago. I said, hey, let them play. Let them play because the fans, even though they're not there, it's not going to make a difference. Wrong O. Right. Boy, I wonder. It does well, make I, a difference. I wonder because I watched uh, the USA women's team play the Japanese basketball team. And, and as I said to you guys last week, it, it almost looked like children playing against the women's team. But the Japanese women's basketball team was very good, held their yeah, own absolutely. with the U.S. team and faced them in the finals. Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't and, in the championship game, though. It was much different. The USA dominated the title game. Yeah, well, and I think some of that could be from playing a team for the second time. Sure. Uh, the USA team physically is bigger. Oh, yeah. U- USA women have dominated, yes. absolutely <laughs> dominated international basketball. That is seven, seven straight gold row. medals yes. for them. And they've had, well, let's face it, it... This is the country where it's the best competition, mm-hmm. and they are domestic athletes. They aren't all from another country or anything like that. 
But by the same token, does the WNBA represent the level of popularity? I have to debate that. Of course, it is during the baseball season that they have the WNBA, so you're you're kind of splitting your audience a little bit. But by the same token, you don't see, at least in my opinion anyway, the massive crowds that the NBA Correct. does draw. But it's, there's still the, the level of athleticism. I think you have Brittany Griner, who is, what, 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", utterly dominating. Yes. Gracious sakes alive. Well, we'll talk about more sports in just a minute. You're listening to Dad Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. If you're one of those people that waits all year long for the NFL to begin, the wait over Hall of Fame game yesterday, though 16 to 3. Wow, not very exciting. Steelers beat the Cowboys. But we'll have our first Chiefs game for you on Saturday. We're still talking about the Olympics, and uh, Ned wanted to talk a little bit about media coverage. Whenever I hear the word media, my flesh just starts to crawl because I'm afraid we're going to get into one of those conversations. But here we are. We're talking about it. So what's on your mind, Mr. Reynolds? Well, well put a cage around your crawling skin because that's, <laughs> now keep in mind the media coverage was limited because of COVID-19 and because of the fact that Japan had declared an emergency. So as a result, I think the media uh contingent there at the Olympics was greatly reduced from what it should be. But I did take exception to the negative aspect that at least in the stories that I read, Mm -hmm. they focused on things that really weren't involved in the winning of gold medals. Yeah, hey, the U.S. has X number of gold medals, on but thus and such was a dismal failure. I don't like that kind of reporting, and I don't think it's fair. You report, I'm old school, John, so are you, but Mm -hmm. you report on what individuals have done, how they have accomplished victories, and maybe some of their background but not on the not on the stories of thus and such failed in his or her mission. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in the same boat on that, Ned. And I'll give my prime example. You know, there were so many. The Olympics are about feel good stories, whether it's for the U.S. or not. You had this amazing come from behind victory for the wrestler. I don't remember his name, but yeah. that last second takedown to win the gold. You had the young lady, and I don't remember her name, with the women's gymnastics team that won the golds instead of, you know, Simone Biles. And in looking at those situations... Suni Lee. Suni Lee, thank you, thank you. So, I mean, these were great stories that could have really, you know, been covered better. Instead, throughout the Olympics, every day when I checked the headlines, it was Simone Biles, Simone Biles, Simone Biles. And, you know, God bless her for winning the silver in the event she did bronze, participate. Bronze, or the bronze, bronze I'm bronze. sorry, yes. But at the same time, that was the focus every single day. Yeah, and she received, received a huge amount of criticism for mm-hmm. not participating in the events that she she didn't participate in. And then she received criticism because the expectation. I mean, that's got to be part of what plays into her not participating Joe, that's exactly I mean, what we talked about last yeah. week. Look at that. Look, you know, her mental health. And yet she comes back. She gets a bronze medal. That mm-hmm. means that she, at whatever event she participated in, she's the third, third best, best on world. that day in the world. In the world. Everybody in the world. She's the third best. 
and she receives criticism because she's not the best. And and her the mental uh, aspect of what she or what kept her out of the Olympics is very much a strong focal point to if in fact that's the case, and mm-hmm. I, I think it probably is. In gymnastics, it is such a finite skill that requires so much physical concentration. She may have had that altered by the media coverage and so forth and so on. I don't blame her for what she did. No, I don't criticize her, all. but I am going to blame somebody. Now, here, guys, I want you to think back to this. The USA basketball, men's basketball, loses their first game. Mm-hmm. The very first game they play, it's against France. Mm-hmm. and it, But it's pool play, and you can come back in pool play, which the USA did. They lose to France. The next day... I want you also, the sub <laughs> subplot to this is I am not a big fan of Greg Popovich as a person. Sure. As a coach, sure. yeah, he's an outstanding coach. Boy, this rape, uh, writer, Dan Wolken, and I don't know him at all, mm-hmm. boy, he had the blistering criticism on uh, on Popovich, the most vile level of reporting I think I've ever seen without going into all that mm-hmm. language. But he said this is the worst choice they could have ever made to coach the team. The man has no control. He doesn't know how to coach players like this. Blah, on and on, paragraph after paragraph. He lost one game. Come on. So uh, when it came down, the USA wins the gold medal. Did you see a retraction? No. Not in the least. You never. If you see a retraction, it's in small print. And my question about that is, Ned, remind me, how long did Popovich have those guys complete to prepare them? He, they arrived, I think, on July the 6th, and their first game was July the 10th mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And how long do you think most of the other international teams prepared for this? July the 6th, 1848. <laughs> they, they've been together for, for a Look at the Australian team. Exactly. The Boomers. And they've been together for at least 13 or 14 years yes. and play together. Now they go off and play other levels of basketball, yeah, but mm-hmm. they get to, on the team level of things. They were there. That may have been their last hurrah for a mm-hmm. while, too, but they, they did win the bronze. But the fact is that, well, how about Slovenia? Look, at that's the former Yugoslavia. It's now Slovenia, mm-hmm. and they get uh, Doncic in there and uh, several others who are all very, very good players. But they flame out. That's the first time they have been there. Went through the entire thing undefeated, get to the knockout round, the semifinals, I think. And they and they, lo- no, they went to the bronze medal game. Bronze, yes. They got the bronze medal. Australia beat them in the bronze. But uh, the Slovenian team, very good players and all that. But the USA team, so much expectations and the fact that Popovich is not a popular figure with the media mm-hmm. as a San Antonio Spurs coach, and it results in this kind of diatribe, I object strenuously to that. Well, there's two types of, of journalism. Mm-hmm. There's First of all, there's news journalism, mm-hmm. which is supposed to deal strictly in facts. Yes. And then there's the editorialization of news, which is opinion. Yes. But the opines... Are on an op-ed page. They are no, or yes. or an op-ed and section. I agree with, and I agree with that completely. But the, the fact is that Americans are what we consume. What we want now is apparently opinion. Mm-hmm. Not, not not this old. Man. No, <laughs> I, I, I I want to read fact, and if I want to read if I want to read an opinion about something, mm-hmm. and then I think that that's part of the problem that's happened with. Media, it's and I hate that word. I hate the term. <laughs> I hate the term as if there's you know a, you know some underground group that sits together at a table and <laughs> snivels and they hang out with the Illuminati. Yes, and I just I I hate that term, but I I feel like that 
Uh, I know it happens in this business as far as radio goes that they, that, you know, have an opinion and, and voice that opinion on the air. We want to hear you. Mm-hmm. And frankly, there's some people that are not really ready to give their opinion or not old enough or mature enough to step behind a microphone. I don't know that I am uh, old enough or mature enough to sit behind a microphone and then say, well, this is the way that it should be, or this is how I feel about something. And too often or not, there is an editor sitting at the top of this who's getting opinion from a guy that's listening to the shareholders that mm-hmm. says, okay, I want you to write this story today about X, and I want it to have this slant. Absolutely. Well, if you are told by your boss, then you really have no option. You have right. to do that. But there's where I draw the line because... Sure, uh, opinions are part of it as long as it's in the proper section of the journal or of the newscast that you're listening to. And as long as the reporter says, in my opinion, this is this and so forth and so on. But when it comes out as part of a factual representation, that is so wrong. And the story that I was talking about was right there at the top of the and there was nothing opinion about it. It was the headline. Popovich shouldn't be coaching. Let's let's stop and talk about the four-letter network for for a minute. Sure. And and part of the way that they have changed their broadcast day is around sports radio. Mm -hmm. And sports radio, (laughs) in whatever market, we fortunately, I think, live in a market where we don't have. We've got the Cardinals. We've got the Chiefs. But Mm -hmm. we're not in that market. We don't have. I'm not saying the fans here aren't rabid. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a market like New York. You're in a market like Chicago or Los Angeles or some of the other big major markets. They want a guy like Mike Francesa who sits there and goes, Aaron Boone needs to be fired. They need to fire Aaron Boone because they're having a stinking season. They can't hit. It's Aaron Boone's fault. And the rabid fans are out there going, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And the same thing as St. Louis. Mike Schilt, he needs to go. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of Mike Schilt. He's the problem with the Cardinals, blah, 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 whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Mm-hmm. And the rabid fans eat that up. Sure. And that has translated into every yeah. form of media that there is, yes, whether, it's, whether it's talk radio, whether it's a sports show, whether it's ESPN, whether it's just the nightly news. Mm-hmm. And, Joe, you are not wrong with that perception. But here's here's the my take on that. I am from the East. I was raised there. Mm-hmm. I know the tack that they take. And you're absolutely right. They try to raise hell with everything that goes on because that's where the listeners come from. Mm-hmm. But to... Assume that everybody out here yes. in conservative Ozarks is going to follow through and likes that sort of thing. I do disagree. We've had individuals who have come into my uh, <clears throat> old place of establishment <laughs> if you get, and, and tried to use that four-letter network technique. Yes. And it has failed miserably as it should. Yeah. In I, Rome, you do as the Romans. Exactly. And, that's, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think it works here. I don't think it works in Springfield, Missouri, for us to get on the radio and say, Andy Reid needs to be fired. The Chiefs lost a game. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, the perfect example of this is is the guy that everybody in this room despises, and that's Colin Coward. Oh, my gosh. Colin yes. Coward will sit and scream his brain out mm-hmm. on Monday about one thing, and then on Tuesday he will sit and scream his brain out about the exact opposite yes. thing. And those are <laughs> and my- there's no forgiveness in between there's well you know there's a line that I always like to that I always like to quote to my son and that is a wise um is was too wise man proportions his belief to the amount of evidence he has mm-hmm. and that consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds yep. 
Those are two phrases that I use to him all the time. And it's okay to be, to change your mind about something, but I think you need to have that caveat in there where you stop and you go, yesterday I thought this, I read more, Mm -hmm. somebody talked to me about it. I I talked to John about this yesterday. John and I talked and and John brought up some good points and Mm -hmm. I see things differently today. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but... You don't get that when you listen to sports talk radio. You brought up the exact ex- one of the exact examples. Colin Cowherd, to me, and this is just my opinion, is everything that's wrong with sports media at this time. Stephen A. Smith is everything that's wrong with sports media at this time. Stephen A. Smith, you look at a gentleman who often, you know, he's in a minority and he speaks very loudly about the injustices to a minority. Then he goes and insults Hispanic and Japanese athletes and feels he doesn't have to apologize. The counter example I'll give to this is journalists can change and love him or hate him. Look at Jim Rome. Jim Rome went from Chrissy Everett, call me Chrissy again one more time, come across the table, Jim Rome, to a very skilled interviewer who has an even keel show, does not change his opinions week to week, and is what I consider to be a very good sports talk host at this stage. It can be done. And I don't mind people having an opinion. I mind when you roll with the tides just for ratings to try to be controversial each week. If you say Derek Jeter's terrible one week, you cannot come back and argue, well, Derek Jeter should be a unanimous Hall of Famer the next week. All right, guys. Stephen A. Smith, glad you brought that one mm-hmm. up. Here is an episode of two years ago, and I think it was prior to the Super Bowl. Who was the player who, it was a chief, that I do remember, and maybe a wide receiver or something of that nature, who had been injured out for practically the whole season. Sammy Watkins? (laughs) It may have been Sammy Watkins. I think it was Sammy Watkins, yep. Uh, He goes on the air on TV and is previewing the game. It may have been a playoff game. It may have been the Super Bowl. I do not remember. But I do remember Stephen A. Smith going on, hey, this is such and so and so. He is really a big addition to the Chiefs. He will help them. He has all year long. And then it was pointed out to him he hasn't played all year long. And did he ever suffer any repercussions because of that? Only some criticism uh, from some of his buddies. Hey, you might ought to do a little research. If that had been another reporter, oh, well, probably fired skewered. on the spot. ESPN caught lightning in the bottle with, with uh, pardon the interruption, because they had oh. two guys that are very good at what they did. They started out as sports reporters, spent a lot of time in locker rooms. They gained notoriety as as sports opinion writers. They both have very strong opinions about sports, and they argued frequently. Yes. And they've tried to take younger people and make them the same thing, and it just doesn't happen. Exactly. We'll be back in a minute. We'll talk about more Reynolds ratings as we get set for the NFL on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I guess we should say that everything that we just talked about was opinion. <laughs> was our yes. opinions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we, we, we shared our opinions with you. But we, talked we, about that. We, we prefaced all comments by saying that. Yeah, this yeah. Is, these are our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's what it is. 
Let's talk about uh, football. Mm-hmm. The first game, the Hall of Fame game, was yesterday. Steelers and the uh, Cowboys, an exciting 16-3 to score. Meh. Yeah. Did you watch <laughs> any of it? No. I. This is going to probably not go over well with a lot of people, but preseason football, I might watch the first quarter. I'm not going to watch anything past the first quarter. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see any of it either. I was yeah. riveted to the Cardinals Braves walkathon and things that were going on there. <laughs> but but I will say that uh, uh, before retiring for the night, I turned over to uh, one of the uh, sports four letter network stations mm-hmm. that they have, and I saw the little tagline about the veterans who had played like N O N E none mm-hmm. zero <laughs> like nobody competed. So you didn't miss anything at all. And probably in this first week, you won't uh, see a whole lot of maybe maybe a quarter at the very most. That's the way it has been. And I'm wondering where in a three-game preseason you are going to get the uh, the full test. You may not. What I wonder. (laughs) I think it's going to be very interesting. That being said, we would love for you to listen Saturday. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, If anything, just listen to Mitch Holtis. Talk about the game, get you uh, in the know on the season because you, you might hear some names in these preseason games that'll come up later on in the season might be somebody that you need to know as the season progresses because uh yeah football's a war of attrition over mm-hmm. the years and if how healthy you are we saw that with the Super Bowl last year very healthy Tampa Bay team and a not so healthy Kansas City Chiefs team i think mm-hmm. person for person the best team was the Chiefs if healthy mm-hmm. but they weren't so Bring up a a good point, Joe, and another fact that you've got to understand is we are, in all honesty, relatively isolated down here. The sports public gets a full dose of St. Louis Cardinals media and a full dose of Kansas City Chiefs media. Do you get a good level of reporting from some of the other camps? No, the answer is we don't. Mm -hmm. The media is different down here. The newspapers are. the, The electronic media is as well. I'm of the opinion that we are receiving, and this is not a knock at the Chiefs at all, please. I think they have the best team in the NFL. I Mm -hmm. do agree. But you're receiving all the good news about Kansas City. (laughs) You do not hear how, hey, the other teams, folks, are not just sitting on their behinds (laughs) and saying, hey, let's give it to Kansas City. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. They're getting all are getting better, too. I like to look back into the, I like to call it my, historical pendulum and back in the early 2000s you might remember the st louis rams won their first super bowl Mm -hmm. played the next year in the super bowl and fell to the new england patriots and never made it back that's right i'm not predicting that's going to happen to the chiefs i'm not Mm -hmm. predicting that at all but hey don't be surprised if the level the the consistency of the team playing doesn't maybe level off because everybody else is getting better too. Exactly right. Well, you see that a lot. I always felt that way about baseball. You saw that a team would look at the teams, all the other teams in the league would look at what the team did that won the Super Bowl or the World Series or the NBA championship. What did they do? What did they have? What did they have that we don't have? Let's go get that. Mm -hmm. And you see some teams more successful at being able to pull that talent to them than other teams are able to do. But I I look at the Chiefs' schedule this season, and frankly, I'm scared. Absolutely. One of the best things the NFL does to create parity in the league is they give 
the team that won the championship, the toughest schedule going into next season, unless that team's named New England. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in this case, Tampa Bay. But the Chiefs have a very, very tough schedule. I mean, it starts right out of the box. They play two playoff teams, two very good playoff teams. So I don't think anybody would have been surprised in the playoffs had the Browns beat the Chiefs. Not in the least. Or if Baltimore beat the Chiefs. Not in the least. Back into history, guys. Now, this is way, way, way back into history. I I do understand that. But I remember the year in 1960 that the Philadelphia Eagles were expected to win the NFL championship. The best team had Norm Van Brocklin, Tommy McDonald, great, great players. And they had really come on the year before. The media was going wild. Philadelphia, make your plans for the NFL championship. Mm. First game. Opening game, Franklin Field, Philadelphia. Here come the Cleveland Browns in. <laughs> Paul Brown, Jimmy Brown, and all the little brownies, they were there to be the first victim of Philadelphia. First victim might be high, they beat the Eagles 42-24. to 24, yep. And the, the writers, oh, God, the sky has fallen. Well, Nothing's changed. That's right. <laughs> no, that hasn't. But Philadelphia did go, in the, go on to win the championship. My point is this. Who do the Chiefs open with? The Cleveland Browns. That's right. Now, it's not the same Browns organization, obviously. That's in Baltimore now. Mm -hmm. But it is a team that is very capable. Yes. Baker Mayfield is a fine quarterback. I think the Chiefs are going to get after him on defense and give him an awfully tough time. But this is pro football, and you have professional athletes out there. I think... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, well, I think one of the best things that could happen for the Chiefs this season is to lose a game Absolutely. early. Absolutely. I've, I'm a firm believer, and I, I said this to all my players when I coach, Joe, and I, I firmly believe this. You don't learn from your wins. You learn from your losses. Championship teams need a loss to see, okay, we identified what weakness can be exploited. When you told me about the Chiefs' schedule, that Browns game is going to be tough. They've got Odell Beckham Jr. back. Miles Garrett is the best defensive player in the NFL, in my opinion. Something that we talked about last week when we talked about the schedule, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, good. You're going through the list. The Chiefs don't play the Bengals. The Chiefs don't play the Bengals. Well, look at week 17, which could be a very pivotal game depending on when this, how the season goes. And there's that trap game, I think, is there with Joe Burrow coming back, something to prove. I, I don't like that matchup at all. I'll just be honest. And I could be wrong. Obviously, we're wrong 50% of the time in, in this business. But I that one gives me pause. They the, catch whole, a, the whole thing does. Yeah. Yeah, they catch a little, sort of a little break. They start out against the Browns and the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Chargers, they're always a sexy pick, but I don't yeah. think that they'll be, they're still at the Chiefs level at all. Philadelphia. I would say not at the Chiefs' level. And then they play the Bills. Oh, I bet you're oh, poor. Oh. <laughs> but again, they play there, Washington. Yeah. The art, except for Washington, you're talking about teams that have hungry young quarterbacks. Yeah, you Justin have, yeah. Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. You know, I those are trap games to me because those guys, all they want to do is, if I can beat the Chiefs, that puts me on the map. And that shows that I can do something. Them. Away from home. Mm, exactly. There's a, one of the really big key. I don't care what you say. That mm -hmm. home field, while it probably is not as significant as it is in basketball, it still gives you an advantage. And any of those guys want to put their name up against Patrick Mahomes. I beat Patrick Mahomes because mm -hmm. he's the guy. He's, he's the guy right now.
We'll be back to wrap up the show, tell you what we're going to watch on TV the rest of the afternoon. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. One more time, let's get you caught up to date on what's happening. Ned Talk moves from its regular Sunday location for the next, well, three weeks. We'll be on before the pregame show. Our first one is Saturday as the Chiefs take on the 49ers. We'll be on the air at 5. The pregame show with Art Haynes and Mitch Holtis starts at 5. Kickoff is at 7.30. That game is in San Francisco or somewhere around there. Actually, Levi Stadium's in San Jose, I think. Or Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Yeah. Teams aren't from where they're from anymore. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Arizona Cardinals will be the second game. And the pregame show for that starts at 6. So we'll be on the air at 5. And that's on a Friday. And then the next Friday, we're on the air as the Chiefs take on the Minnesota Vikings, and that is a home game. We'll be on the air at 5, pregame 6. Real quickly, Kirk Cousins, biggest bonehead in sports right now or what? <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm, I'm going to put him up there. <laughs> he deserves a place on the Mount Rushmore of boneheads right now. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Putting his team and the season in jeopardy because he's not willing to get a shot. So, you know. It's his opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess we should say that. Absolutely. That's, and he feels strongly about it. But I also uh, like the fact that he was associated with the hospital up there oh, in Minnesota. Yes. And they were like, sorry, we're just going to cut ties with you. When you consider that 164 million Americans have had the shot. Yes, we are diverse. I do understand that. And everybody mm-hmm. is entitled to their own opinion, and you can't, I don't think you can anyway, mandate that you're vaccinated, but when 164 million others get it and understand, that's hard to uh, rationalize. Well, the good news is he is in the 10% of the NFL. 90% of the NFL has been vaccinated, which is better than what the population as a whole. I think we're at 74% right now Correct. is where we're standing at. So. That's good news. Hopefully, COVID will not interrupt the NFL season more than it has already interrupted it mm-hmm. going into right now. So what are you going to watch this afternoon, Ned? What are you going to do? Well, probably I would have interest in the Cardinals-Royals game, but mm-hmm. I can't get it in my house. So nice. uh, probably not anything. We'll spend the day or the rest of the day writing and doing some reading and maybe watching, yes, my electronic device here, which is where the <laughs> score will be popping up. What about you, John? I've got an exhilarating day of housework and going to the neighborhood market to get groceries. So, oh, are you still in your own? Be, be jealous. No, no, everybody's back. It's just everybody's got stuff going on today. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get what I can done. They were on vacation. Mm-hmm. You were home working. Mm-hmm. And you're going to the market and cleaning house? That's right. There's something wrong there. That's okay. That's absolutely. We share the wealth. We share the wealth. There's absolutely something wrong there. All right. Once again, we'll be on Saturday. I have to remind myself that. Saturday, Mm -hmm. 5 o'clock. That'll be our next Ned Talk. It'll be our pre-pre-game. We'll start our picks for the season, get you set for the the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Ned, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much, John. Did I call you Josh at all today? No, you did not. Okay. I appreciate it. Good. All right. We'll see you guys then. I'm Joe Weston. Want to say thanks to Mike the intern, Corbin Campbell, and Scott Meyer. See you Saturday night.